Good evening, everyone. Today, I want to talk about some Asian myths that, frankly, piss me off, but also just aren't true. You know, I feel like Americans have this single, uh, man, I'm really bad with words lately. How the hell am I going to go to law school? They have this single viewpoint. Can someone tell me a better way to say that? But the point is, Americans have this very focused single point of view on Asians being this model minority. And I feel like that gets thrown in our face a lot. I just feel like when you think about common rhetoric around Asians in society now, it's always around how well they do in school. You know, the whole SCOTUS thing that's going on right now about how Asians were penalized for doing so well and they had a score even higher than other groups. When people talk about blacks and why they're not doing as well in society, and then they compare Asians as a, an example of a minority that has done well, people usually combat that by saying, well, the truth is, Asians came over here as doctors. They only allowed well-educated doctors to come over here from Asia, so Asians kind of got a head start. And then there will be people who dive into the stats on that and show how Asians are the highest socioeconomic demographic out there. So all this very single-mindedly points towards Asians being very well off, doing well for themselves, highly educated, privileged in a sense, you know? And not enough people talk about the other side, the other equally true side, is that there are a lot of poor, uneducated, unsuccessful Asians out there too. The shiny, polished image that they have of Asians in America is just only part of the truth. It's not untrue because I truly have met Asian Americans that... Uh, the amount of richness just shocks me. I remember going to this guy, Joshua Hong's house, and he had what looked like a mansion. He had two kitchens. He had a pool room. Two kitchens, by the way. One on the first floor, one on the second floor. And I think that alone tells you enough. And his house wasn't even shaped like a house because he had too much room. It didn't have that triangle shape. It was literally a rectangle. A big, tall, two-story rectangle. And then I knew this other guy, this stupid, pretentious, fat boy, I forget his name, Gary, I think it was. <sighs> he had this disgusting slobber lisp. You know what I'm talking about? There's some people who have, they accumulate slobber on their teeth and their lips. So you always see this veneer of like light gray and it doesn't help when their mouth protrudes a bit. You know what I mean? Like it comes out of their face the way their jaw is shaped. So this annoying guy was thinking he's so smart. I'm 16 and I'm in college. I went to his house once and he had two tennis courts. Two tennis courts in his backyard. And it's not like that was all his backyard. He had plenty of backyard in addition to those tennis courts. So I am shook by these people. But now let's turn our attention to the other side of the coin. My side of being Asian. So the first myth I want to debunk is that Obviously, there are poor Asians. And I feel extremely validated by this because I've been reading this book called What My Bones Know. And I'll talk about it in another episode, but it's basically a, a Malaysian-American girl who grew up in San Jose, and she's talking about how abusive her childhood was and how a lot of her classmates in San Jose also lived through that type of childhood. A lot of those Asians were Vietnamese refugees, so they were poor and also very traditional and also very traumatized. And that was like what my parents were. My mom came over here when she was young, so she was taking college classes when she was here. 
Um, so she wasn't a doctor. And my dad is a middle school dropout who fixed cars. So he was homeless when he came here and ended up finding a job at a body shop as a mechanic. And they didn't speak English. My mom spoke the best English, but my dad's English was shit. And with a single income, you can imagine we were poor. We had a family of seven because our grandpa lived with us too. So four kids, two parents, and a grandpa. And we only had 38K to live off of. When my mom passed away, we were on welfare. So we would pay for our groceries using that wretched brown EBT card, food stamps. And people would judge the shit out of us. So my dad is stupid. He would never pay for groceries himself. He would give us the card and stand in front. And so we had to be in line at the register, swipe the card, bag all the groceries, and he just stood and watched. But the reactions you would get, and these are from Asian people in places like 168 or 99 Ranch. If I was lucky, they would just take the card and quietly swipe it and not make a fuss. But we weren't always that lucky. People would sometimes be genuinely confused at what this card was, and then they would wave for help from somebody else nearby. And then there were times when they would just be annoyed as fuck as soon as they saw what it was, roll their eyes at us, be extremely condescending. Mind you, we're little kids here. And then at worst, I would have people yell to the rest of the store and the cash registers that, hey, it's EBT. And then you would have everyone just being snarky at us, talking, gossiping, and staring at us. And so I would always have this anxiety whenever I handed the card over. Now, obviously, this is just my one example, so that's not enough to say debunk the whole myth just because of me. I could be an exception here, but I don't think I am. Because there's a couple of reasons for this. First was that they were uneducated, which, as I mentioned, there's tons of refugees that came over as well. Second of all, because they were poor, they had a poor perpetuating mentality. You know, they thought that capitalism was evil, at least my dad did. He was, as you can tell, someone who didn't want to work and just wanted to mooch off the government welfare money. But they thought that things like business were slimy, and if you wanted money, you were corrupt. And it was better to seek the moral high route by doing something honorable, like being a doctor and a scientist. Who could hate that? And that's a common belief for poor people. If you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you'll see that that's not just an Asian mentality. That's just a poor people mentality. So that was one thing, the mentality. The other thing was they were extremely traditional. Because they were traditional, again, mostly my dad, he was not open to new things. He lived back in the 50s kind of mentality. And I think that old mentality is also what keeps you from progressing. That alone doesn't cause you to be poor, but I do think it added to it. And this poor generational trauma also feeds into me rebuking the whole privileged stereotype that a lot of Americans have, because behind closed doors, it is not a shiny life. In the book that I'm reading, What My Bones Know, a lot of those students did have nice lives in terms of materials. They had parents who could afford Kumon, they had nice iPhones, things like that. But the amount of pressure that was exerted on them because of these extremely traditional Asian culture, doesn't believe in mental health, and hence perpetuating trauma that the parents went through onto the children through abuse, that's another point I want to get across in that not only are a lot of Asians poor, but even if they are rich, it's not as happy-go-lucky as you would think.
On the inside, emotionally, they still function in a very poor way. Not in the way you would imagine a well-off white family would, who is more open-minded to mental health therapy and rehab if their kid is addicted to drugs. The second thing I want to address is the stupid idea that white people somehow got about us being so big on honor. And it comes up in movies. I don't know what perpetuated it because the truth is it's a very, very small part of what our parents care about. I would say a close cousin to honor if you're a little more acquainted with Asian culture is the idea of not losing face. But the truth is that's a phrase in English too. I hear people on TV shows talk about that. They don't want to lose face. A company doesn't want to lose face. It's a similar level of consequence in Asian culture. Maybe a tiny bit more consequential for Asians to lose face, but not really that much, I don't think. I would say, if anything, again, let's go back to the idea of very traditional Asian culture, then yeah, they're going to be more close-minded about you having tattoos or you showing off skin or things like that. So, so their threshold for things that they care about are much lower. But when they actually use the phrase of losing face, like it's really not that big of a dramatic thing. Like, oh my God, you ruined the whole family's honor. I would best describe it as the way you would describe embarrassment and humiliation in an American way. Just take that up a tiny notch and then you get the Asian version of lose face, which again is probably the more prevalent version of honor because we don't actually really talk about honor. And then the third thing that I get a lot is that Asians are very close with their family. This is such a common one. I've had coworkers at work say, you know, white guys, and they don't mean harm by it, but they're just like, you know, from what I understand, family is really important to Asians. And I guess you could say that, but it's a forced obligation kind of Stockholm syndrome type of thing. So those coworkers I told you about, now that was family is important to them. Those are people who had great relations with their parents. They hung out on weekends with their family and extended family. These are cute young guys in their 20s. They have their whole life ahead of them, and they spent their weekends with their families. Now, that is close. That is family is important to me. On the contrary, with Asians, it's a brainwashed thing. It's a brainwashed obligation from the get-go. Ever since we were children, they constantly hang over our head how much they sacrificed to come to America. It's a guilt trip thing. And think about it. They raise you with this mentality and this expectation that when you're older, you're going to take them in. God, thank goodness, I don't have to do that. But even so, if you were, let's say, a more American person, you would think, well, shit, no, I'm not going to do that. You would just refuse. And that goes into the second layer of it, abuse. (laughs) So, Again, not, a, not every Asian was abused, but to some degree, there's this level of just control and ownership and fear-based rearing of children. I mean, think about it. Asian kids grow up timid and shy because they're not allowed to speak their mind. There was a joke that this comedian made. He was like, there's nothing scarier than an Asian mom because think about it. When is the last time you heard an Asian kid throw a tantrum in a grocery store? Never. When is the last time you even heard an Asian kid speak? Exactly. Which is hilariously true. In Asian culture, there's one thing that can be said is true. There's more of an ownership relationship with your children. 
it's not black and white, but on a spectrum, they're more closer to property than they are respectful individual beings. And that on an extreme level comes into abuse, which it makes sense why they would be timid and shy and just very obedient. But even without that, that constant nagging and that constant control, like that'll come out too. And going back to my original point, this is why if you're brought up with that type of mentality, it's not so easy to just rebel and escape from this Cajun culture. I'm thinking also about my ex-boyfriend who is Korean. I don't think he came out with trauma the way I did because his mom did clearly love him. So she would be more on that positive spectrum, you know, where she has that strict parenting and that nagging and that control. And she does spank him, but it's not quite as toxic as mine was. But still, she calls him and just nags at him for two hours and he endures it every week. But does he actually really enjoy her company? Does he actually really want to take care of her for the rest of her life? No. It's an obligation. And of course, disclaimer again, you're probably thinking of some Asian Americans in your circle who are not like this and seem better. And I would say I'm talking about poor Asians. I'm talking about traditional Asians and the combination of both as opposed to westernized Asians. The more westernized you are, the more open-minded you are to American culture and you probably won't raise your children like this. All right, so I think I rambled enough. I think you got my point. Rich Asians, honor, and family. Three things that are not true. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.